Real news. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is January 24th, twenty. 20 it's noon it's friday and what's really weird is is that tomorrow the lawyers for the president of the united states get to talk tomorrow where there's no real news cycle where no one's really talking how convenient isn't that right that is uber convenient but we digress this is how things are done now and the swamp is starting to expose themselves. We have Soros making statements. We have Republicans having Freudian slips. And then we have everyone up in arms. Oh, dear. These FISA warrants were incomplete. They were not good. I wrote about that two years ago. I've been saying, I think a lot of people have been saying that, but now that the blue check marks are saying it, or now that we have the report, even though the unredacted FISA application itself that were released, not not totally unredacted, redacted, the redacted um, versions that were released over two and a half years ago, clearly made it so apparent that this was rubbish. And you can see all the people that signed for it. Most of them fired. A few promoted. That's where you see everything. This is how you know Dana Bonte's big problem. This is how you knew all the things, well, that now you know, but were apparent then. It's just we've lost the ability to look correctly. We've lost the ability to examine the things we already have because we already have everything we need, everything we need. So that is how we can understand how this is all going to play out. This is how we can see the seven snake rhinos. That's how we see it. Mm. It's really odd, isn't it, how they've put us in this slump on Saturday and how things are going. The FISA warrants, all renewed. It is the, the, the reason I was talking about it. It was why are we having a Mueller investigation when these things are just false? So I thought I'd start the show off with a little song that was sent to me that I really liked. It's kind of a, a rap done by someone called Thought gum um it was actually quite nice so take a listen Bankers, Rothschild, I'm a run. Deep state players, we know what you've done. A light is coming in, expose your every sin. As the mainstream media lies come undone. Here's a great man that drives them all insane. And he's gonna make America great again. I really want to introduce you to my friend Q and the people of the Great Awakening. Not long ago, as we all know, the CIA and NSA recorded every step we made. Surveillance state recorded everything we say. Tracking everything we do every single day. Our privacy stolen by the deep state. They didn't hide their crimes, that's a very big mistake. They didn't think about 
off the good guys in the NSA Cause they thought that Hillary would be the president today Here's a message to all my friends Let me tell you about something that's happening About a movement called The Great Awakening The QAnon phenomenon is going mainstream This time is coming round To use the evidence and bring them down And we'll all just laugh as they fall and crawl Cause where we go one, we go all is he has all the proof of the crime And it's gonna be released all in good time But first let's drain the swamp Clean the dump Expose the lies Get the lying dirty judges out Then we'll shine the light until there's no end And show Obama light to get a FISA warrant The DNC and Hillary Spider illegally on the Trump campaign And his family That's a major crime you see They lost their power They can't defend We're witnessing the beginning of their end These people are stupid They can't pretend Cause they never thought that Trump would win Now crippled and scared And they know they're screwed And all they have left Is a bunch of fake news They won't fix this mess They're all out of luck And nothing will work And see on ends up Here's a message to all my friends Let me tell you about something that's happening About a movement called The Great Awakening The QAnon phenomenon is going mainstream This time is coming round To use the evidence and bring them down And we'll all just laugh as they fall and crawl Cause where we go one, we go all The deep state wants to win the next election Try to take control of the House and the Senate Try to stop Trump and Q and all the decisions But their voting base is in the K Hashtag walk away Remember now this is just the start Cause it's all coming down like a house of cards There's more people going down in due time Like all the dirty CEOs that resign They'll try to keep everyone in the dark With the use of Hollywood, Susan, Jack and Mark To hide the fact that they're all evil and sick Child trafficking, pedophile, Satanists Their time is up, soon they won't even exist Military trials, seal indictments God's justice being served for all their sins Their time is up, that's all, that's it Here's a message to all my friends Let me tell you about something that's happening About a movement called The Great Awakening The QAnon phenomenon is going mainstream This time is coming round To use the evidence and bring them down And we'll all just laugh as they fall and crawl Cause where we go one, we go all There we go. I thought that they had removed me from speaking. So I just want to say the truth be said that there's a lot of people out there that are waking up to things. That little uh, tune, the words, the the phrases, all perfect and and pertinent to now. You know, the truth, uh, as uh, the person had said when they sent it to me, is like a lion. You don't have to defend it. You just let it loose and it will defend itself. And that's a quote from St. Augustine. Pretty interesting, isn't it? Because now that the truth is coming out, we're not defending the truth. We're letting it loose. And the ones defending are the ones that are scared. The ones that are trying to make sure that they're alive tomorrow. They are literally fighting for their lives. There is nothing they can do to stop this. It won't be going on forever. It's all about creating the foundations. There were so many people in intelligence agencies, both on record, off record, on 
these little compartments that they forgot about. People that they thought were benign, but they were just lying in wait. Lying in wait, hoping that the minute the election happens, that we can actually let loose, let the truth loose and let it fix everything. Now, the surveillance that, that happened prior to even him stepping down the elevator started in 2012. Okay, I'm going to tell you in 2012, they they had their eye on President Trump. That was the first time that they were monitoring communications. 2012. Do you know why? It was right around Thanksgiving because it was then when he filed, you know, a trademark for Make America Great Again. See, they had their hands on the box. They could see forward. We knew they could see forward and we knew what they were doing. All we had to do was sit and watch. Sit, watch, and collect. I mean, some agencies just monitor things and make sure to send that collection of data to the right people in various methods. And now all of this from the dark corners of the internet is coming out to the mainstream. Suddenly all these things that were uh, conspiracy theories. Oh, no, no, no. This isn't correct. This can't happen. This isn't it. And really, are you sure? Conspiracy. A conspiracy theory. Conspiracy. What does it mean to conspire for two or more people getting together to do something? Well, the only conspiracy we have here are the Democrats fighting for their lives, fighting to maintain power. That's all they're doing. You know, the FISAs, four of them. Mm, when did we know about it? I wrote about it in July of 2018. July of 2018. And now they are telling you, oh, yeah, the FISA warrants were not good. They were not good at all. They were shady. They were not full of information because I have been, I wrote about it through big league. I told you guys what the declassified FISA documents will show you how they added more fluff after their trip to London, how they try to utilize the information. Well, actually it was September that I published the article. I have to take that back. Okay. It was September that I published the article. I actually put it together in July of 2018, but it was September 20th. 2018 that I published it. I just wanted to make note. My file was July 2018. Okay. My file. Because unfortunately, when you're not someone that has written with your actual name, uh, you know, an article, you have to cite other people. So I had to wait for someone to pick something off of wherever I was dropping things that was a blue check mark so I can uh, reference it. And in that article, I told you who signed, what happened, what where they went and when they resigned, did they move? Did they get promoted? Did they get fired? Did they, did they, did they, did they? That's all you needed to know. You could see, you can see everything just from the documents. You didn't need to have to wait now for uh, Horowitz to finish his and then them to do a review and then the fist court to come back. You didn't need to do that. It, you didn't. All you had to do was take a look 
at what was there. I even told you about General Mattis and his run for 2020 ticket with Pence. Oh, you know, (laughs) it's all there. You don't have to look far. We have everything we need. And uh, no matter how many times, you know, it's said online and through your conversations with friends, if, if you don't realize that we have everything, you're not paying attention. It's all about draining the swamp. And you know what? People within these intelligence communities have already started putting targets on those that are working for the other team. And that's how you drain the swamp because you need to drain it from people that have these black card access to information, black card access to things that know a lot, that know how they can destroy people with the click of a button. Those people. And you know, those are the ones that look the squeakiest and the cleanest because they don't get their hands dirty ever because they think they fly under the radar, but we see you. Everybody sees you and targets right there. And suddenly they're shifted to desk duty somewhere else until they can be fired. But you know, we can't even fire some of these people easily. We have to downsize, but how do we downsize? Thank God for Space Force. Thank God for closing specific divisions. Thank God for President Donald J. Trump because he is really fighting you guys. He's got a lot of things to fight. You know why? Because it was all a fix. See, over a year ago, uh, when they were talking impeachment, and then months ago, when they started this whole thing, everyone's like, that's okay. If it goes in the Senate, they're going to lose. And I said, oh, blah, 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 blah. wait, uh, don't count your chickens before they hatch. The people in the Senate that are Republicans are not pro-Trump. There's a few of them that are totally not pro-Trump. I had written an article about specific Republicans that had gone to Russia and uh, Norway. I, I think I put that one down with Big League or was it on the, I think it was with Big League. And I pointed these seven clowns out. And I want you guys to hear one of these clowns and what he said. See, I've been talking about Senator John Hoven, such a great Republican. Really, though? This guy doubled his net worth, doubled his net worth with one term as senator. And he has, you know, that weird mustache going on. I don't trust anyone with um, the weird mustache that goes on. I'm just saying, uh... I want you to listen to what he says, listen to his Freudian slip and listen to his attempt to save it and not doing it successfully. Well, we've worked very hard to set up a fair process and uh, we're going through it in great detail. Right now, the House managers are presenting their case. Uh, We were there till two in the morning, two days ago, uh, finished up about 10 o'clock last night. They'll have two more days. And then the administration's managers present their case. And then we go to witnesses or excuse me, to questions uh, before decisions are made about any additional witnesses or additional testimony. There already have been many witnesses, obviously, in the House case and a lot of documents. Uh, 
But again, I think we've laid out a full and fair process as we're required to do constitutionally. And you mentioned, you know, you have been there so the last couple of days. Do you feel like so far the House managers are effectively using their time? Well, they're repeating their arguments a lot. So uh, at, at this point, they're going into great detail. Um, but again, we're committed to providing them with their time and listening carefully and attentively. Um, a bit of the concern so far has been that. Okay, let me, let me rewind that in case you missed it, and I'll pause it right there. to set up a fair process, and uh, we're going through it in great detail. Right now, the House managers are presenting their case. Uh, we were there till 2 in the morning, two days ago. Uh, finished up about 10 o'clock last night. They'll have two more days. And then the administration's managers present their case, and then we go to witnesses. Hold on. So then the administrators set it up. It's a fair, 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 fair process because they're doing it on the weekend. But then we're going to witnesses. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What do you mean we're going to witnesses? We didn't say that we're going to allow witnesses. So how are we going straight to witnesses? Oh, you mean you already set it up. You want witnesses to put more things on there because their articles of impeachment can't stand. Can you see the rhino? Here's where he goes in for the save or excuse me, to questions uh, before decisions are made about any additional witnesses or additional testimony. Wait a minute. Oh, no, no, no. I mean questions to see if we need additional witnesses and additional testimony. Stop. They had enough, supposedly, to pass the articles of impeachment. Why are we allowing them to add to it and orchestrate a show? We don't need a shift show in the Senate. We have enough in the House. That power grab, because if you want to talk abuse, let's talk Pelosi. Remember what she said to the King of Jordan, and he kicked her out where she was trying to find alliances. He kicked her out, kicked her out. I mean, ha, the global cabal. Is really, really upset too. I mean, the good guys are, but so is the global cabal. I mean, the other day, I was, uh, yesterday, I was talking with um, Scott Adams on the telephone before my show, and I was like, yo, the prince didn't even shake Pence's hand, and he's one of them. Shake Netanyahu's, shake everyone, but he didn't shake his. Why? Because Pence failed. Pence failed his mission, and so he's not worthy of a handshake from the prince <laughs> because now they've had to decentralize the crown. Now listen to what else Hoven says. There already have been many witnesses, obviously, in the House case and a lot of documents. Uh, but again, I think we've laid out a full and fair process as we're required to do constitutionally. And you mentioned you, know, you have been there so the last couple of days. Do you feel like so far the House managers are effectively using their time? Well, they're repeating their arguments a lot. So uh, at, at this point, they're going into great detail. Um, but again, we're committed to providing them with their time and listening carefully and attentively. Yeah, listening attentively. <laughs> what a swamp creature. Now let's go to live our president, first president for March for life, because life is precious. We don't throw it in the garbage and we don't use it. As a, uh, I don't know, we don't consider it nothing. Here we go.
and thank you, Jeannie. It is my profound honor to be the first president in history to attend the March for Life. We're here for a very simple reason, to defend the right of every child, born and unborn, to fulfill their God-given potential. For 47 years, Americans of all backgrounds have traveled from across the country to stand for life. And today, as President of the United States, I am truly proud to stand with you. I want to welcome tens of thousands. This is a tremendous turnout. Tens of thousands of high school and college students who took long bus rides to be here in our nation's capital. And to make you feel even better, there are tens of thousands of people outside that we passed on the way in. If anybody would like to give up their spot, we could work that out. You have a tremendous group of people outside. Thousands and thousands wanted to get in. This is some great success. Young people are the heart of the March for Life. And it's your generation that is making America the pro-family, pro-life nation. The life movement is led by strong women, amazing faith leaders, and brave students who carry on the legacy of pioneers before us, who fought to raise the conscience of our nation and uphold the rights of our citizens. You embrace mothers with care and compassion. You are powered by prayer and motivated by pure, unselfish love. You're grateful, and we are so grateful, these are incredible people, to be joined by Secretary Alex Azar and Kellyanne Conway. Thank you. And thanks also to Senators Mike Lee and James Lankford, who are here. James, Mike. Thank you, fellas. And Representatives Steve Scalise, Chris Smith, Ralph Abraham, Warren Davidson, Bob Latta, John Joyce, Lloyd Smucker, Brian Fitzpatrick, 
and Brad Winstrup. Thank you all. And I have to say, and I look at it, I see it exactly. We have many, many more politicians in the audience, but if you don't mind, I won't introduce them all. All of us here today understand an eternal truth. Every child is a precious and sacred gift from God. Together, we must protect, cherish, and defend the dignity and the sanctity of every human life. When we see the image of a baby in the womb, we glimpse the majesty of God's creation. When we hold a newborn in our arms, we know the endless love that each child brings to a family. When we watch a child grow, we see the splendor that radiates from each human soul. One life changes the world from my family and I can tell you, I send love, and I send great, great love. And from the first day in office, I've taken a historic action to support America's families and to protect the unborn. And during my first week in office, I reinstated and expanded the Mexico City policy and we issued a landmark pro-life rule to govern the use of Title X taxpayer funding. I notified Congress that I would veto any legislation that weakens pro-life policies or that encourages the destruction of human life. At the United Nations, I made clear that global bureaucrats have no business attacking the sovereignty of nations that protect innocent life. Unborn children have never had a stronger defender in the White House. And as the Bible tells us, each person is wonderfully made. We have taken decisive action to protect the religious liberty. So important, religious liberty has been under attack all over the world and, frankly, very strongly attacked in our nation. You see it better than anyone, but we are stopping it. And we're taking care of doctors, nurses, teachers, and groups like the Little Sisters of the Poor. We are preserving faith-based adoption. And to uphold our founding documents, we have confirmed 187 federal judges who apply the Constitution as written, including two phenomenal Supreme Court justices, Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh. We are protecting pro-life students' right to free speech on college campuses. And if universities want federal taxpayer dollars, then they must uphold your First Amendment right to speak your mind. And if they don't, they pay a very big financial penalty, which they will not be willing to pay. 
Sadly, the far left is actively working to erase our God-given rights, shut down faith-based charities, ban religious believers from the public square, and silence Americans who believe in the sanctity of life. They are coming after me because I am fighting for you, and we are fighting for those who have no voice. And we will win because we know how to win. We all know how to win. We all know how to win. You've been winning for a long time. You've been winning for a long time. Together, we are the voice for the voiceless. When it comes to abortion, Democrats, is, and you know this, you've seen what's happened. Democrats have embraced the most radical and extreme positions taken and seen in this country for years and decades. And you could even say for centuries. Nearly every top Democrat in Congress now supports taxpayer-funded abortion all the way up until the moment of birth. Last year, lawmakers in New York cheered with delight upon the passage of legislation that would allow a baby to be ripped from the mother's womb right up until delivery. Then we had the case of the Democrat governor in the state of Virginia, the Commonwealth of Virginia. And we love the Commonwealth of Virginia, but what is going on in Virginia? What is going on? The governor stated that he would execute a baby after birth. You remember that. Senate Democrats even blocked legislation that would give medical care to babies who survive attempted abortions. And that's why I've called on Congress, two of our great senators here, so many of our congressmen here, and called upon them to defend the dignity of life and to pass legislation prohibiting late-term abortion of children who can feel pain in their mother's womb. This year, the March for Life is celebrating the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment, which forever enshrined women's rights to vote in the United States and given by the United States Constitution. Such a big event. Today, millions of extraordinary women across America are using the power of their votes to fight for the right and all of their rights, as given in the Declaration of Independence, it's the right to life. To all the women here today, your devotion and your leadership uplifts our entire nation, and we thank you for that. The tens of thousands of Americans gathered today not only stand for life, it's really here that they stand for it so proudly together. And I want to thank everybody for that. You stand for life each and every day. You provide housing, education, jobs, and medical care to the women that you serve. You find loving families for children in need of a forever home. You host baby showers for expecting moms. You make 
You just make it your life's mission to help spread God's grace. And to all of the moms here today, we celebrate you and we declare that mothers are heroes. Your strength, devotion, and drive is what powers our nation. And because of you, our country has been blessed with amazing souls who have changed the course of human history. We cannot know what our citizens, yet unborn, will achieve. The dreams they will imagine, the masterpieces they will create, the discoveries they will make. But we know this. Every life brings love into this world. Every child brings joy to a family. Every person is worth protecting. And above all, we know that every human soul is divine and every human life, born and unborn, is made in the holy image of Almighty God. Together, we will defend this truth all across our magnificent land. We will set free the dreams of our people. And with determined hope, we look forward to all of the blessings that will come from the beauty, talent, purpose, nobility, and grace of every American child. I want to thank you. This is a very special moment. It's so great to represent you. I love you all. And... And I say with true passion, thank you, God bless you, and God bless America. Thank you all. Thank you. incredible was that right guys how incredible was that now that's our president he's our president he supports life life that they think is unimportant that it is theirs to toss away because they don't want responsibility murder is what it is murder his speech was phenomenal and what he said is true Everyone is made in the image of our creator. And if we sanction life, if we uphold the miracle of life, if we honor it the way we should, because life is precious, then we will be blessed too. We will be blessed and we will be loved and God will grace our nation. And indeed, no other nation has the right to tell us how and what we're supposed to do. No one has the right to say, well, it's my body, my choice. No, no, no. The same was said back in the days when slave owners would kill people, kill their slaves because they didn't like them. They didn't like their slaves. Their slave looked at them the wrong way. The slave wasn't picking up fast enough, wasn't working well enough. So what would they do? They would execute them. And when they were told you can't just kill a person, they'd say, my slave, my choice. Is that what we're about? No, we do not give disregard to life. We do not dismiss it because we feel like it. 
We do not, and we will not allow this to happen anymore. And that is what it is about making America great again. And again, those educational institutions that will not allow you to exercise your rights under the Constitution will get repercussions. You cannot claim certain things and you cannot claim anything that is protected under the Constitution as your prerogative because if you do, then you are not allowed and you do not have the privilege to have our federal tax dollars. And this doesn't only go about the free speech, but it goes down to the Second Amendment. Like I uh, said yesterday, Concordia College, which is a evangelical, uh, you know, Lutheran college, all about religion, right? They say no more, no more, uh, you know, NRA organizations at our college are allowed. Well, unfortunately, the Second Amendment of the that is a right. So for you to exclude a group of persons for exercising and promoting a constitutional right Mm, that means you should be disqualified from Title IX. You shouldn't be getting any funds. And that's something that should be done immediately. Actually, after seeing that letter, and I don't know, that letter was from 2017. Has this not proceeded forward? Uh, I started to craft a letter. It's sitting in my Word document to send off to the Department of Education. Yeah, I don't go to college there. Not my state, but someone's got to say something. See, if we all see something and say something, things would be a lot better. Now, Millie Weaver, who's in D.C., actually uh, tweeted out a picture of Native Americans. Native Americans believe life is sacred. None of them would stand for abortion, yet they all vote Democrat, which is bizarre. What have the Democrats ever done for the Native Americans in our nation? Absolutely nothing. They've given them hardships. They've excluded them, secluded them, right? And taken away more of their independence. Pretty bizarre, right? If you ask me, seems like uh, disinformation has taken a front seat here. Speaking of disinformation, speaking of detest of how things are working, you know, when I said that there was mutiny in the swamp, the global swamp, I pointed that out and made it clear uh, you can see it, not only the mutiny that we see among the royals and the swampers, but even George Soros flipped on Zuckerberg. Whoop, Zuck is in their target line. Take a listen to what George Soros had to say. Last year, you talked about Facebook and, and, and the platforms a lot. Um, to sort of summarize those questions, do you think the company is doing a better job today? Uh, not at all. I think, I think uh, Facebook played an important role in getting Trump elected in 2016, and I'm really afraid that he will uh, do the same thing or, uh, for in 2020, because there's nothing really to stop him. There is a, a regulation that ex exempts social platforms 
for uh, having any uh, 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 liability for uh, publishing uh, uh, deliberately uh, deliberate falsehoods by candidates for uh, election. There's nothing to stop them. And uh, I think there is a kind of a, uh, uh, an informal mutual assistance uh, uh, operation or agreement developing between Trump and, and, uh, and Facebook. And Facebook will work to, get, to re-elect Trump uh, and, uh, and uh, uh, Trump will protect Facebook so that, that this situation cannot be uh, changed and it's, it makes me much more, very concerned about the outcome for, uh, for 2020. Okay, just so you know, George Soros had, like, spit coming out of the side of his mouth. It looks like he was propped up. Uh, You know, he's done. He's just the face of them, okay? He's the head face of them. And like I've said over a year ago, it's not China. It's not Russia. It's the people in our backyard that are working with the biggest snake, and that's the European Union, which, again, a lot of people are like, yay, Brexit. Well, you know, they shifted their plan, and they're, and they're PO'd that the people of the United Kingdom wanted to get out. Remember, who created the EU? It was the United Kingdom. So they created the European Union, but then decided to walk away. You see what I'm saying? That's why they got the sweet deal where they were like, we're keeping our pounds and you do euros because they're in charge. The crown's in charge. I mean, it's apparent. And um, everyone's really upset. They are. There is mutiny everywhere right now. Mutiny everywhere. And so that is what you need to look at. Mutiny across across the globe. We have people in France pouring out into the streets against their president, President Macron, who I told you also is royalty. He's like a co-prince of a certain area. So you have to look. People are not stupid anymore. They're awake. They see things. They know what it is. They know what it is. And that's the thing. They know what it is. So it's, it's pretty bizarre that the media keeps saying that nothing is happening. Mm. It's, um, it's interesting. Very, very interesting. So huh, I wonder who's going to be. Is it going to be Bernie that's going to. I said Bernie was going. When did he have that scar like McCain, the time bomb? I'm trying to think. Oh, my history is not so good to remember the date he dies, but it's going to be before 2020, um, you know, especially if he gets the nomination because uh, they don't want communism because that doesn't work with the EU. You see what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, we're going to we're going to have one of those. Are they going to put it with um, fluff and uh, bells and whistles like they did for that 
I mean, McCain got like a president's funeral. It was disgusting just to watch it. And I'm sorry, you know, that I say it in that sense. But knowing what this man has done, knowing how what big of a role he played to dismantle our free republic just aggravates me. And I know he's met his maker now. Hmm? And many of them are meeting their maker very, very soon, specifically one. But this is something that I cannot forgive. The fact that they grandstanded and used it for something else because he was their point guy. He was, you know, he was the sacrifice for it. You know what I'm saying? So it's all coming to a close. They're all in full panic mode, and rightfully so, because we've been winning like nobody's business for a very long time. We just don't understand it yet because it's being done under cloak and dagger. But like I said, it's been out there so you can see it. It's been out there so you can understand it. It Drip, drip, drip. Because, you know, if there was a flash flood, right, in your house, right? Where you live. Okay. Let's pretend there was a flash flood. You don't have time to prepare and change and, you know, stock up and do things. Right. But if it's drip, 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 right. For you, the good person that's looking to ensure that you can bear out this flood, right. Uh, you'd get a few provisions and do whatever, especially if maybe you're in a yellow zone, not a red zone, right? Yellow, not even orange, yellow, like light yellow. So you'll get your provision. The swamp creatures, the drip, drip, drip is torture for them because they're in a secluded spot where it's like they're drowning literally. And the bottom line is they just want to save themselves and they want to make sure that President Trump does not get his second term because the first term was cleaning house where you can't see. The second term is visible. The tribunals, the popping of these indictments. You can see how many attorney generals signed that. Look at how many Republican ones didn't. That's all you need to see. What you need to see is what's going on behind the scenes, right? You want to peek behind the curtain. All you need to do is look at the history. Look at what has happened. Look at what has transpired. I can tell you the future. I can tell you that everything's changing. And I've been saying it. How is it going to change? Funny how we're not hearing anything about Iran lately. It's all about the impeachment. What happened there? Hmm. Maybe we should talk about it after the break. But for now, I just want to play a clip of um, Jason Shafta's on impeachment and what he says is really going on. The Democrats prosecuting the president open the Senate trial in dramatic fashion. What you are seeing from the House managers is a remarkably disciplined uh, laying out of the circumstances, a narrative. Adam Schiff, I think it'll go down as one of the great performances. And even rising to the level of senatorial eloquence, if there is such a thing. Very, very powerful and forceful speech. I thought it was dazzling. I thought the way he wove through uh, both the facts of the case and the historical context was really remarkable like the galloping ghost gail sayers as so he just wove through as soon as he said dazzling, <laughs> dazzling. this man started laughing <laughs> jason chaffetz fox news contributor former republican congressman former chair of the house oversight committee he lost he, a lot of jobs he is hosting <laughs> but he got a good one today at noon he's going to be host of outnumbered you were co-hosting fox and friends weekend that was fun that was a lot of fun you did Thank great you for joining us. so was it dazzling 
Oh, my goodness. I had to live for eight and a half years with Jerry Nadler and, and Adam Schiff. If they mean senatorial-esque by being long-witted and just bloviating for hours and on repetitive. end, then mission accomplished. Yeah. Look, Jerry Nadler in particular lost me in about sentence two or three when he started with, the facts are undisputed. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, then why do you need more well, witnesses? Is, is there anything credible that he says after that to say that the facts are undisputed? I, I don't think it's effective Well, at Republicans write to get angry for, and they use the word cover-up. They lost it. Lindsey Graham went crazy. Ron Johnson said Democrats would be smart not to let him speak anymore. I think the Democrats have only two goals. I think day one was not about winning over the jury. It was about establishing in their minds a narrative that they can then go out and say, look, the Senate process was totally unfair. We would have won, but it was totally unfair. Day two was about saying, hey, the president's going to cheat. He's going to cheat mm -hmm. and try to undermine the 2020 election. It had nothing to do with actually proving the facts. There were no, no new evidence. Right. And I don't think it exactly. He said, basically, we've got to stop. Stop this president before the election in 2020. His misconduct has been so bad, we've got to stop it. They tried to stop him in the beginning, impeach, 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 found various reasons. It's almost, we've heard Dan Bongino say when he was fighting crime, if there is a crime committed, then you find out who the criminal is. He said in this case, they found the criminal, now they're trying to find the crime. That's why they've been trying to impeach this president since January 20th. Because as Al Green, the congressman from Texas, has said repeatedly, they believe they need to impeach impeach this person mm -hmm. because he might win he another might win. election. That's the only thing that this is about. Of course, the election is uh, coming up in November. Joe Biden would like to be president. He's got a really good point that you have not heard yet regarding Joe Biden testifying. But first, let's go out to Iowa. Here's Joe. Is he going to show as a witness? No. <laughs> the reason why I would not make the deal, the bottom line is I... This is a constitutional issue, and we're not going to turn it into a farce, into some kind of political theater. They are trying to turn it into political theater, but I want no part of being any part of that. Okay, so Joe oh. says he won't go, but at the same time, you have a interesting observation. He was vice president during the Obama administration. And this is why I don't believe there will be any witnesses, because when a president leaves office, he does not leave behind his executive privilege. I think in Joe Biden's case, they're going to claim executive privilege. That's mm. why Joe Biden can't do this. And Hunter Biden, if they were to call him, he would simply plead the fifth. In the case of Bolton or Mick Mulvaney, executive the president privilege. has a very legitimate a case of executive privilege. It doesn't mean you're hiding something. It means that you get to invoke and, that privilege. And John Roberts knows better than anyone that there is historical uh, precedent for just that. And look, the Democrats' goal here is to talk to their voters and try to sully up and bloody up the president and try to make it look like the Republicans are covering things up and to put those vulnerable Senate uh, Republicans in you know a place where they got to take right. tough votes. Right, so the it doesn't even matter if those four Republicans flip and they decide to vote for witnesses because the witnesses are not going to talk anyway. I don't think so. I think if they get to that moment of drama, are, there's going to be a showdown at high noon, Trying to, and I wish it was sooner rather than later, yeah. but that is the key vote. But again, I don't think anyone will actually end up testifying. Well, we're going to see. Yeah, they're not. They're going to plead the fifth or say something else. Now, after the break, we're going to talk about Iran. Something people aren't telling you is happening. Obviously, they asked the president about injuries, which is b bizarre, but here is where Ankara 
right? Turkey's involved with Iran targeting people sending things to Riyadh. So this is very, very interesting that the media isn't talking about this and that, you know, as Turkey is ramping up, Iran is focusing on those that Turkey is ramping up again. Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. This is the second hour, and we're going to continue talking impeachment and listening to what the mainstream media is saying. But we're going to talk about something very important, too, something that I haven't heard anyone talk about. I haven't seen anyone tweet about it. Well, that's as far as English-speaking media. Uh, And I'm not going to talk about the coronavirus at all right now, only because It is just another one of those run, get yourself vaccinated quick. So we're going to talk a little bit more about this impeachment sham. And um, and then we're going to move on to Iran and Turkey, because Turkey has decried and stood against the sanctions that the United States of America has put in. And you know how they're demonstrating it by capitalizing on it. And we'll talk about that because that's really important. And, you know, if I was President Trump, I would be really, really upset. There are other things that are more important, like the START agreement, for example, right? We got to talk nuclear weapon. It expires in a year and no one is talking about it. They're talking about climate change. Iran and the START deal are more important than climate change right now on a global scale for us to survive uh, because then we'll end up with three little holes just like Mars. Ever see that? Have you ever seen the three very symmetrical craters on Mars and then one big crater somewhere else? I'm just saying pretty interesting geography, um, Marsography, which, by the way, uh, I just want to say Space Force says that by 2024, they will have the first people um, on the moon again. I think that's going to be a lot faster right after the elections. But I mean... Publicly, right? (laughs) Publicly, it should be right after. I mean, we went up there with supposed the technology of TI-84 and 69. So uh, the the actual processor in a TI-84 calculator was greater than that of the lunar... (laughs) Of the module that landed on the moon back in the day. Mm, Great presidents make great leaps. Now, let's take a listen to this mishmash of MSNBC talking about the impeachment. Angus King on Trump impeachment. And the statement says, this is more serious than I thought. The 11th hour. Uh, Take a listen to this. Uh, And we will have some really good commentary on this. Because this is the message that's going around and driving the news. I mean, we have Hillary Clinton crazy and foaming at the mouth, tweeting, we must impeach him. We must, we must. Yeah, we must, because she's going to get shackled soon. Uh, you know, those booties that they're wearing, you know, hide ankle bracelets, not going to work. Uh, Huma Abedin was actually spotted with one of those yesterday. Take a listen to this. 
We're going to begin our robust case when the when the Senate says it's time to start. Jay Sekulow from Trump's White House defense team. We are joined by yet another member of the U.S. Senator Senate, Senator Angus King, independent of Maine, who caucuses with the Democrats. Senator, thank you very much for after a long day's journey in tonight, spending a few further minutes with us. Any evidence available to you that so much as one mind has been changed after all these hours and a wrap-up so emotional that uh, Adam Schiff uh, briefly lost his composure tonight. I I wish I could say yes to that, Brian, but I haven't really seen it. Although, uh, in talking to some of my Republican colleagues after the session, uh, just sort of casually, uh, the argument, and I'm going to make a bold prediction here, the argument seems to have shifted to nothing really happened here to Yes, it, something untoward happened, but the election is in eight months. Let's just let the people decide. I think that's the. Uh, I think you're going to see when this all boils down at the end of uh, next week. That's going to be the primary argument. And uh, the problem is, uh, as Adam Schiff said in his in his argument, uh, what may happen between now and then. I think, and this wasn't touched on tonight, but I think one of the points that I hope will come out eventually is that the president has expressed no remorse whatsoever about what happened. In fact, he continues to say it was a perfect call, nothing was wrong, it was a hoax. And uh, he he still doesn't seem to grasp uh, that uh, putting pressure on a foreign government to get involved in your re-election campaign is not the American way. Uh, So if there's no remorse, then the expectation is if, if he's not removed, he'll do it again. Uh, now, I, I should say at the very outset, I've been through enough trials to know uh, you shouldn't make any decisions only hearing one side. So I want to hear what the president, what the White House's attorneys say over the next couple of days, and then we'll have a, a more balanced picture. But uh, I, I think right now, Mike, I, I've taken a lot of notes. I've got them here in front of me. And at one point tonight, I wrote uh, just from my heart, this is more serious than I thought. The depth of the evidence, and it wasn't just a random phone call where the president said, well, can you help us out? It was a concerted campaign that went on over months. uh, And the evidence really built up, I thought, in a very powerful way. And of course, if we had witnesses and evidence uh, and documents, we could really decide this matter rather definitively. Uh, If you go home a week from Friday with no witnesses, uh, no uh, paper evidence, If this thing is done and dusted, what do you tell the people back home in the great state of Maine? Well, the first thing I'm going to say is that I tried. You know, I I voted for the witnesses the other night. I'm going to vote for them again when that opportunity arises, if indeed it does arise. I got to tell you, Brian, I I just checked with my office. Ninety five percent of the calls we got today were people saying you got to have witnesses and documents. Ninety five percent. I rarely get that unbalanced uh, a rating uh, on on people calling in and a very significant number of calls uh, from the state of Maine. So the people want, I mean, people, people have common sense and nobody ever heard of a trial without witnesses. Uh, and, and it just, it, you know, I, I don't, you, you ask the right question. How do you go home? I don't see how my colleagues from across the country will go home and answer that question if they didn't vote to bring forth whatever witnesses and documents are available. And by the way, I have no idea what John Bolton would say. I think there's a 50-50 chance he could come in and say, I never said all of those things about a drug deal and everything. 
uh, you know, Donald Trump is an honorable president. He was just trying to root out corruption in Ukraine. He might say that. I don't know. But I'm willing to take the chance because I think it's important for us. We have an obligation to try to get to the facts. And you can't get to facts without having witnesses and documents. I think the managers have done an amazing job of ferreting out the facts with all these emails and texts that they had available to them and made a very powerful case today. Hey there, I'm Chris Hayes from MSNBC. Thanks for watching MSNBC on YouTube. If you want to keep up to date with the videos we're putting out, you can click subscribe just below me or click over on this list to see lots of other great videos. And don't click on that list because they're not amazing videos. They're all rubbish. All of them are rubbish. All they're saying is rubbish. That is it. This guy's an independent, right? Here's the thing. If you had enough to pass the articles of impeachment, you have enough for this. Now, I just wanted to go live because we have abortion. It, it, it was live. Millie Weaver is live down at the rally. I want you guys to listen to abortion supporters. The baby's body, their body. That doesn't make sense. They just say it's their body. Well, what is their body exactly? The baby? Doesn't make any sense. There you go. Wow, right, guys? The, these are women that are cheering for murder of children. So thank you. When I find it, I'll be close to your eyes. Again, I lost two of them. Bring it. Bring it. Oh, wow. Listen to that. This is what we stand for. Oh, wow. Wow. There's like maybe 50 people maximum, and they're all chanting that. He's saying bye, bye, bitch to me. Okay, so we've got some discussions going on between pro-lifers and pro-choicers. Sorry. Walk away. Sorry. They all kind of walk away until the cameras show up. They were chancing prior that a baby's not a baby until its head comes out, which I think is very biologically inaccurate. But we were kind of having some discussion until they called us anti-woman, and I think that's a lot of times what shuts down discussions when the characterizations and name-calling starts. There's no substance to an argument if you just call people names, and that's how they stopped, and then they walked away, obviously. Wow. Okay, interesting. So they're just saying it's not a baby until the head comes out? Correct. Okay. And we tried to tell them that you know, if you want to kind of base what life is off of viability, you're going to have to keep moving the marker because science is advancing to a point where the viability point for a baby to survive outside of the room with medical help yeah. keeps getting lower and lower and lower. There are babies born at 21 weeks that survive. So are we going to keep moving the marker to when life begins to maybe 18 or 15 weeks as science advances? It just doesn't make any sense.
I think there's a little bit of panic amongst some of the pro-choicers or pro-abortion advocates because they're realizing that the science is just not on their side. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And I think they kind of anticipate that Roe v. Wade is going to be put back in the courts. This um, hearing in March, Louisiana versus he, is going to challenge the fact that abortion clinics get so many privileges and lax inspection laws that they are not even held to the same standards as any other surgical facility. Pro-abortion people always like to say that abortion is just like any other surgical procedure. So they should be held to the same standards as clinics, and they hate the idea of that. They hate the idea because someone gets their meals from there, per se. So I thought it was interesting just for you guys to see where we're at as a nation. Uh, you know, an amazing speech by a president. He's supposedly being impeached. We have Schumer and the Democrats that spoke this morning before the final day of House managers opening arguments. And tomorrow on a Saturday, we have... Uh, you know, the lawyers for President Trump talking. This is ridiculous. Listen, guys, bottom line is if you don't have a crime, you can't impeach him. And what they want to do is bring more evidence, supposed evidence. And we've seen the type of evidence they have. Manufactured evidence, doctored FICE applications, manufactured 302s to lock you in and put a bow on it. And you either comply or not. And I've been in that situation where they're like, all you have to do is sign and pay $500 and you're fine. And I'm like, no, I am not going to sign something that is untrue. I am not going to bow down to you. You serve me. I don't serve you. And this is how it has to be. This is why it takes long. For me, it's been two years. For the president, it's been six. And my case isn't even remotely close to his. But there are many patriots, like the president said, right, across the nation that are being attacked and having the courts weaponized against them for exercising their free speech, for supporting a free republic, a free uh, allowance of voting uh, and uh, it's all coming down now and what we have to keep our eye out is on those rhinos like Hoven who slipped because they're like yep we're going to have witnesses no we're not because we can't bring Hunter Biden in because we can't ask him questions about his money because he's currently going through court so he can plead the fifth so what we're going to troll in these clowns that are going to plead the fifth big deal whoop de doo they plead the fifth no we are not having, we should not have witnesses. We should not. Now, I'll tell you what the timelines say. There's a timeline with a 52% chance now, which used to be 67, of no witnesses and a pure dismissal based on the fact that there are no crimes to be attached to these articles of impeachment. Now, there is a 38, 38% right chance that they're going to bring witnesses and this is going to drag on and that timeline splits to a 62% full impeachment and that is a problem because that has increased and then there's other timelines with um someone dying during the impeachment the delay and then coming back up and because it comes back up later because of the death nobody cares the elections are here so they table it and then they bring it back uh, uh, during uh, the um, next session of Congress, which um, then is Republican. So then it gets dismissed. Uh, so that's on the table as well. 
that percentage is actually lowered, uh, considering that um, uh, they are moving forward with bringing witnesses. This is why we have to be careful. If anyone says we want to see documents and witnesses, you need to have caution with that. Take a listen to what Schumer says, and that'll tell you what you need to know. As you know, this is one of the most solemn and sacred moments we face in the country. When a president abuses the power of the office, when he threatens the rule of law, it is our job as senators to get at the truth, just the facts, ma'am, as Joe Friday has said. And we're focusing on getting the truth. The way to get the truth, have witnesses, have documents that were very contemporaneous to the charges against the president. And we continue to do that, and the American people continue to be overwhelmingly on our side. Every day, the poll numbers, which were high to begin with, go up further, that even a majority of Republicans believe there ought to be witnesses and documents. Now, yesterday's argument by the House managers was, was precise, was dramatic, was emotional. Uh, Representative Schiff gave a commanding closing argument at the end of the day. There are lots of constitutional precedents, there are lots of legal and factual arguments to make, but he spoke to the American people's common sense and appealed to the sense of right and wrong. No senator, Democrat or Republican, would deny it had an effect on the chamber. And I look around at the Republican members. A lot of what they're hearing, they don't want to hear. They don't want to hear the true facts because it puts them in such difficult positions. We're seeking light and the truth. <laughs> and as you see, the truth always prevails, despite a few detours along the way. In any case, they don't like to hear it, but they were compared at several moments yesterday. The testimony was so compelling that their eyes were focused almost to a person last night on what Adam Schiff had to say. Another moment was when uh, Congress member uh, Garcia talked about Lieutenant Colonel Vindman. It was touching and got to every American and I hope every senator. Didn't get to all senators. We heard about one of them and what she said yesterday. But when Vindman stepped forward, a Purple Heart veteran, and said, his dad called him and said, aren't you worried this will hurt you? He said, this is America. We believe in the truth. The truth matters. Right matters. And that's what we want, the plain truth. The managers also increased the case even further for witnesses and documents, the granular discussion of the White House meeting, the infamous meeting where Bolton said to Fiona Hill that he didn't want to be part of any drug deal. It was clear who was the chief cook and bottle washer in this whole horrible scheme, this whole evil scheme. Mick Mulvaney, because Bolton said, Mulvaney, you and Sunderland are, you and Sunderland are doing this. I'm not part of it. Why can't we hear from Mulvaney? He knew exactly what Trump did. He knew exactly what Trump's motivations were. He knew who else was in on the deal. 
There seemed to be many of them. So it was incredible. And one more thing stood out. The managers were anticipating the counter-arguments from the President's Council. Since the President's Council goes second, they wanted to go forward. I thought Rep. Rep Nadler did an excellent job showing how the President doesn't need to have a doesn't need to have committed a criminal offense to be impeached and removed from office, reflecting on what impeachment meant to the Founding Fathers. Rep. Garcia explained how the President's in insinuations about the Bidens are baseless, anticipating that the President's lawyers would focus on the Bidens. And Representative Schiff discredited the absurd idea that President Trump cared deeply about corruption in foreign, strat in foreign <coughs> countries. It was a brilliant strategy. If the President's counsel now get up and make those arguments, every Republican senator and the American people will have heard already why those arguments are utter nonsense. So in short, the House managers have already set a very high bar uh, is he watching like something different you guys like seriously is he watching something different because I didn't see any bars that were high the only thing I saw was that Nadler who supposedly gets into the mind of the framers of the Constitution but can't understand where your, his waist is and he puts his belt up to his neck is supposed to tell us how it's done how they raise the bar with pettifogging as they call it with grandstanding and dismissing how are the Biden claims debunked how, how did he get billions of dollars to invest being in business zero days how was he on the barisma board okay you want to talk not the biden's let's talk about paul pelosi let's talk about tag romney let's talk about Hines. let's talk about all let's talk about schiff and his blimps filled with u.s federal tax dollars that he shipped off to ukrainians and got nothing here they are screaming oh they held aid really they held aid what did they do with the billions of dollars that have been laundered through the Ukraine? Billions of federal tax dollars laundered through the Ukraine. That's what the Democrats have done. Yet uh, here we are trying to impeach him. I think not. That's not going to fly. And Giuliani's first podcast is going to be talking about it. And I love this little spiel here on Fox and Friends this morning. Take a listen. The president of the United States uh, knows the vice president's not going to be home. Home. He's going to be meeting His Holiness, the Pope, today overseas. That's going to be a big deal. And the president's going to be giving uh, some remarks at a pro-life rally. I was so sitting next to you. I know. Oh, Rudy Giuliani's here, oh. ladies and gentlemen. Hello, you're bearing the lead. Not the Pope. It's not the Pope. <laughs> so Pence is meeting the Pope. Enough said on that. We're your I know you've got some new evidence you're going to be presenting a today. Lot. But first, were your ears burning yesterday? Because yesterday, the Democrats in their House impeachment proceedings were talking a lot about you. They talked about Lev uh, Parnes, who says the president uh, and you knew everything that he was doing. They showed your, your phone records. They built a case that you were up to no good for the president. How about all of those phone records show that I am a very uh, hardworking lawyer who was investigating what really happened? because I didn't go look for dirt on Joe Biden. It was handed to me. 
And it was handed to me a, a, a year, almost a year and a half you ago. You didn't ask for it? No, I was given information about Ukrainian corruption. It by involved who? by uh, two people, uh, two informants. You're going to find out at least who one of them is and possibly the second. And uh, they told me that there was a great deal of collusion going on in Ukraine to fix the 2016 election. In the United States? In favor of Hillary. That what happened in Russia was a big hoax. That, that actually it was the Demo- Democrats projecting what they had actually done in Ukraine. Uh, I, I don't know if it's true or not. They gave me witnesses, mm-hmm. the two prosecutor generals, the current one and the last one. I've since interviewed 10 of them. I've got eight of them on tape. I'm going to start a podcast at noon today. Ooh. And starting next week, the people will hear these witnesses who uh, our embassy will not give a visa to because they're still covering up the corruption the embassy was involved they don't in, want them to come in 2016. The, the embassy was involved in gathering dirt on Trump, on Trump Jr., and on Manafort. And well, that not only that, it was, it was the. Wait, did you hear what he said? The embassy was the one collecting information. Didn't I tell you that um, Nellie Orr used to work for Yovanovitch and, uh, you know, she worked the Russian Ukraine desk? Didn't I tell you that she was at the embassy in the Ukraine collecting this information? This is where it's all coming. Here's the proof in the pudding. Stuff we talked about in 2018 and 2019 are now coming to the surface. It is a shame. It is a very big shame that the media is having it come out now. It is a very big shame that the president has to do it because journalists refuse to do it. See, I don't care. Use my stuff. All of you out there with your blue check marks, use my stuff. You have a bigger platform than me, and apparently you're more important. So take it and run with it. My listener base, my people know, they know. Why can't the rest of America know? Why do they have to wait for Giuliani to be put up against the wall where the president has to sit there and present the facts when they've already been out there in the ether? Unacceptable, you guys. uh, They were involved in turning over false falsified evidence. Absolutely, completely falsified. Four witnesses will testify to that so over Mr. the course of the next two to so three Mr. weeks. Mayor, let me ask you. I'm going to present over the next two to three weeks shocking crimes at the highest levels of both governments while the Senate is listening to a totally phony group of stories about non-impeachable offenses. It's like trying somebody for not a crime. It's a total waste of money. It's a complete show on the part of the Democrats. Right. And they should be sued for conspiracy to defraud the United States. And they should pay for that hearing. But, but Mr. Mayor, do you... The I, Democratic I, National I, Committee should pay for that television uh, right. advertising. And you talk about interfering in the 2020 election. You know, I started investigating Biden two years ago when he was thinking about running for president. I never thought he would run. Look, look to me like he couldn't cross the street, much less run. <laughs> I didn't go. I wasn't investigating Biden in the middle of the corruption presentation. One gentleman said to me, well, you know about the the, the Biden bribe. I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, Biden, Biden got paid off. And and he, he went to Poroshenko. He forced the prosecutor out. Not only did he get his son out, but he got Burisma out. Wait, let me tell you about that because I wrote about that, right? Wrote about that uh, last year and the year before. Here's what happened. So Burisma was stuck 
in a money laundering case in the United Kingdom. Kerry and Biden were then paid off with money by Burisma to get them out of the jam. So he was paid off to use his clout and get that removed from the UK and Ireland district courts, right, where they were being prosecuted for money laundering. And in exchange, his son was put on the board so they can funnel money, launder money, and just give his son some form of a title. So that's basically what we have with another three clowns. So this is how it happened. You should go to torysays.com, go to the search bar, type the word in Ukraine, and every single Ukraine article is there for you to see. I lay out everything that Giuliani is going to talk about. I lay out everything that you need to know because it's not just the Bidens, okay? It's not just the Bidens. So one of the things we're going to reveal, we always think, we always ask, why did this happen? Mm-hmm. Why would... Uh, a crooked Ukrainian oligarch whose company is about to be taken away from him, who's sitting in Switzerland with $5 billion he stole. All this is just fact. His name is Mykola Zloshevsky. This is all true, what I just said. He hires the son of the vice president who just got thrown out of the Navy for failing a drug test, had been in and out of rehab most of his life, was a failure in business, and was involved in two or three other scandals involving his father before including busted companies where they'd be using his name, Joe's name. Why would he hire this guy? Tell you why. He was buying Joe Biden to protect his company. He was, that money, which is at least $8 million, and it could go up to twenty, uh, based on the investigation they're now doing, but at least $8 million in laundered money, some of it, that was to buy Joe Biden's protection if and when Poroshenko came after his company. And, and then, when it happened, right. in one month... I've got February 2nd of 2016, they raid Burisma offices and close it down. So much for there was no investigation going on. February 15th, they get a notification from Latvia that Hunter Biden is involved in the money laundering. Have it in writing, translated from Russian. And then right after that is when Biden says, get rid of Shokin. And Shokin will will testify to that and I will show you a document that in September of last year, Shokin was taken to the hospital with mercury poisoning. All right, so let me, let me just get a word in. I know you, and you, know, this happens, in. you know this happens in Ukraine and Russia. Right. So the Mr. method Mayor, of choice is poisoning. So let's just say that everything you say proves 100% true. It is 100% true. Would you also, I, say, gonna, would you also say that the way you approached it for in the short term, which we're in the middle of, has made things worse for the no, president? No, I would say the way I approach it, It's for the benefit of the American people. When the vice president of the United States corrupts the president of another country, that is about as horrendous a crime as you can find. But don't we have an apparatus to pursue these things? The apparatus to pursue it was... you could still lead it through through Brian, you're being totally naive. In what way? The apparatus to uh, look at this refused to look at it. The witnesses will tell you they tried to get this information to us for a year. They were blocked by the embassy... They hired a lawyer to go to the Justice Department to tell them about Ukrainian collusion. And since they didn't know anything about Russian collusion, they were basically thrown out. They will tell you that at least one of the FBI agents was corrupt and they didn't trust any longer the FBI or the Justice Department because they were convinced that they were still being controlled by Hillary Clinton partisans. Absolutely. Now, these are foreigners, but not a bad conclusion. I couldn't go to them. They wouldn't let me go to them. And if I went to them, they would have laughed at me. I had to prove it first. 
I had to go prove it because we have, unfortunately, at the highest levels of some of these agencies, they've been either corrupted or intimidated. You know what they're intimidated about? Biden should, should have been prosecuted already for bribery. He had, it wasn't only one bribe, it was two bribes. The first bribe was Poroshenko through a lobbying company. The former leader of Ukraine. Poroshenko t- takes over the country. Zoshevsky flees with his $5 billion. Zoshevsky's right. afraid that Poroshenko is going to take his company. And then Joe Biden gets announced as point man for Ukraine by Obama. Point man, whatever that is. I'll, I know what it is, actually. And he says he's going to be giving out the money. They had $800,000 left in their national bank. That's how much money Yanukovych stole. Zoshevsky being one of his m- mafia members. So Shevsky had five billion of it. They're coming after his money. They're coming after his company. All of a sudden, Biden is announced right. as the most important guy in Ukraine. He's going to give out the money. Then he hires Biden's son. You know what happened in between? He made a deal with Biden. You be on board to protect me against Poroshenko taking my company. When they moved to take the company, that's when Biden came in and had the prosecutor fired. And within four months, the crooked oligarch who's sitting with $5 billion, comes back to the Ukraine. He is not prosecuted. He is sitting there fat and happy with his company. And then we got another bribe. You don't think the president of the Ukraine shared in that $5 billion that the crook kept? Rudy. The bribe to the president of the Ukraine, the amount of money, uh, I can't be absolutely sure of. Let's say say it's well in excess of $10 million. You know, the entire crowd has... Now, that shouldn't be revealed... Uh, from a lawyer who finds out about this? As but, a def- but Am I going to cover it up the way the Democrats and the media cover it up? Absolutely not. Rudy. I prosecuted too many corruption cases sure. to sit by and watch my country sold out by a vice president who did it two other times at least in China. So how does this end? This ends hopefully with Biden finally being put under investigation. You don't think if these things were said about Donald Trump and Donald Trump Jr., they wouldn't be under investigation immediately. But instead of putting them under investigation, they're coming after me. Rudy, when they want are, to kill me. When are you when are you going to present Rudy, the reputation? Par- pardon the interruption. Shokin, they're trying to really kill Rudy. When are you going to present the evidence? Because you tell a compelling story. Well, People today, watch the today, proof. today at noon, I will give an introduction starting next week. I will present witnesses. You, I have them all on tape. OK, we'll review them one at a time. We'll show there are two bribes. Not one, actually three. First one was Loshevsky buying Biden, Joe Biden. The second one was Biden bribing Poroshenko to drop the case. And the third one was the huge amount of money that that Poroshenko got, the president of Ukraine, for dropping the case. Does the State Department and, and the White House know everything you were doing? The State Department, I gave them my evidence. That's when they moved the ambassador out. And they never bothered to investigate the allegations that she interfered in four investigations, that she was campaigning for Hillary Clinton during the uh, 2016 election. The ambassador. The ambassador. That uh, one of the cases she had dropped was on George Soros' company, Antac. I didn't hear any of this yesterday. Antac, Antac was gathering dirty information Uh on Trump. That on January 16th of 2016, there was a meeting in the National Security Council and members of Obama's National Security Council some people think, including the present whistleblower, told Ukrainian officials to dig up dirt on Trump, Trump Jr. and Manafort. In the White House, they said, dig up dirt. And they had the gall to investigate Trump 
for two and a half years and $35 million for a phony collusion with Russia when they were colluding to the tune of millions of dollars with the Ukraine? They were charging him with the crime that they know they committed. And the reason these phonies are carrying out this impeachment proceeding is there's a lot more democratic corruption in Ukraine than you ever thought. You think it's just Biden who was cashing in in the Ukraine? And then every time you hear the word Biden was Obama's point man, there's something that follows. The Biden family makes millions of dollars. They made, they got an investment in a $1.5 billion housing program in, in Iraq when Biden was named employment. They made anywhere from eight to 20 million dollars in Ukraine, and they got 1.5 billion dollars from the Bank of China when he was point man for China. And the other thing about it is Biden family got rich, millions, each place. In each place, he failed the United States. Right. And where's he that failed. Money? He didn't get a status of forces agreement in Iraq. Right. He couldn't do a damn thing about corruption in Ukraine except make it worse. Joe Biden is a laughing stock in Ukraine. He would go there. He went there 13 times. He'd go there and say, you shouldn't be corrupt. And they look at him and say, what are you kidding? Right. Your son, right. your son's got a no show job for millions of dollars. You're in the pocket of Zloshevsky and you're telling us not to be corrupt. You know how that hurts but the United States I of America? Have, I so have a feeling a, you could a, go clear till noon when your podcast starts. <laughs> Rudy, give it up for Rudy. Jackson. We're going to be watching. We're going to be watching. That's the a real of, case. A lot of headlines out of that. That's, that's only the tip of the iceberg. There are other people involved. There's a lot more money involved. There was a pattern of corruption there. Yeah, we got to go. And and the president wants you to continue this. Okay, so listen to that. The president wants you to continue this. The president wants to get you to continue this investigation. Would you like me to give it up? Would you like me to just say, okay, Biden can keep his eight uh, million that he got in bribes. He can keep all the uh, bribes that they got in. We're waiting for noon. Should I I give it up, uh, Brian? Well, I just. I'll just. just, I'll just. just, just, (laughs) Okay. All right, I'm we'll scared of them the attacking me. Over the They're a bunch week. of phonies. I did my job as an attorney. I did it well. I did it honorably. And I did the country a service in bringing out this corruption that everybody else is afraid to touch. All right. Yep. And we could talk about Eric Braverman. We could talk about so much more. I love Rudy Giuliani. And he was my mayor. And I love him because he is passionate. And he will get to the bottom of it. I mean, he cleared up the mob. So, you know... Gosh darn it. I just wanted to tell you guys, timeline pop, looks like we're going to be having a funeral after all. So this is going to be delayed as it finishes. See, even Fox News was asking for a soundbite. Oh, the president's telling you to do this? Tell us, tell us. I couldn't believe it that I heard Brian say that swamp creature. Here's the thing, you guys. We already know what's up. I've already told you what's up. So my listeners already know what happened in the Ukraine. We know who played, who did, how it happened, when it happened. And then we know about the blimps, you know. Soon, there'll be a nice Adam Schiff report, and it'll be next week. It'll be very thorough. It'll cover everything from blimps to money to fancy, swanky fundraisers to 
the Standard Hotel to, wow, it's going to be a doozy. Because, see, you have to wonder, why is it that he is the point man on this? Why is he the one that's loudest? I mean, Pelosi's loud, too. But she's playing, you know, wishy-washy. Because the president's probably said, listen, Pelosi, if you don't want to go down in flames in public and have your son walk away in shackles for all this corruption, I think you better play nice. Because if you don't play nice... I'm not going to play. I'm not going to show any mercy. There is no mercy. See, I was having a conversation with my uh, youngest yesterday and she was like, hey, you know, I'm going to be working on this project, et cetera. I'm really passionate about it. And I was in, you know, she was like, you know, I, I don't understand how uh, they can put people that steal cars or baby formula or food or, you know, petty things that they do because they need it. Not saying that you need a car, but usually people that steal the car to hack it, you know, um, mm, I needed to, woo, that was a slip. They, they take the car in order to sell it and make money because they can't make money any other way or they have a record and they can't be hired, you know, whatever, right? And she was like, you know, uh, it, it, it's, it's incredible how these people can't change, uh, why people think they can't change. And I'm kind of proud that the first step was signed into act by the president because those people can change. They can realize that, you know, if you break the law in order to um, better yourself without making actual strides, you you know, you're just going to end up being with murderers and pedophiles and rapists in jail. And, and, you know, the, the same crime isn't there. Still a crime, but not there. And that's the thing. See, they had the opportunity to say, look, I only stole, uh, you know, a few federal tax dollars. Okay, it's millions, but I'm just saying, okay. Um, And I'm sorry. You know, that was the way the the land, that's how things were being done. Or, you know, I really needed that baby formula. I'm just saying, I'm talking Pelosi and stuff, right? Uh, So, you know, that's the way, you know, my daddy was a mobster. I kind of thought it was okay. And I'm sorry, but I'm willing to make it right. See, people that have been in situations, and this is what President Trump is great about, understands that, you know, when you've done something wrong, you can you know, make it right. You can make it right if you haven't harmed a child or a person. Uh, you can make it right. And and he believes that. And the thing is, he's given them all that opportunity. Obviously, Schiff doesn't deserve that opportunity because of what he's done. Okay? Pelosi, playing the blind eye, doesn't deserve it. But because she's the Speaker of the House, we had to make some concessions. But she wasn't willing to do it either. So it's gloves off guys right now and this is going to be coming down to it and i'm so excited to listen to giuliani's um podcast myself uh because i'm just going to hear what i've been reporting on for three years now uh i told you guys about latvia a long long time ago i told you guys about who what when and where and here we're going to have rudy giuliani pretty much repeating it um uh, probably in a more eloquent way not so nonchalant as i um to inform the people of what's really going on. And I'm really hoping he expands it from the Bidens and includes everyone else. Now, on that note, I wanted to tell you guys what's going on in Iran. So we're going to shift gears a little bit, okay? So Iran, we've got we've got real issues in Iran right now. Um, you know, after everything that happened, Turkey has actually, um, the Turkey's foreign minister uh, it, it reported... 
has said today that his government is decrying the U.S. sanctions on Iran. He said that today. And yet the pre-market show that there's a parabolic stock market rally from this slowing down, right? And on January 8th, following Iran's firing of missiles at U.S. military bases in Iraq, um, the U.S. stock market actually plunged, right? Dow futures at the time indicated the initial 455-point drop as geopolitical risks in the Middle East intensified. But despite the potential negative um, impact and the the deep-rooted like conflict with the U.S. on the global stock market, um, we saw that the de-escalation actually alleviated significant pressure from the stock market, right? So it rallied up. But the unexpected rejection of sanctions by, um, in Iran, um, by uh, Turkey, uh, poses a new risk to our relations with Turkey. Okay. So this is a big problem because, um, not only Turkey and Iran are one in the same. I've, I've said this before because Turkey works with the IRGC, which is part of the Muslim Brotherhood, which is part of the old guard. Now, while, uh, the U S and, um, uh, Turkey have avoided going to war, right. And the same with Iran, right. The uh, president, Donald Trump has been very consistent and persistent on pressuring the Iranian government via social media and extreme reactions um, we've seen uh, come through from Iran's media. Now, if you remember correctly, ABC News actually reported the Supreme Leader Ali Khamenei um, and what he said. And they reported that he called President Trump a clown, indicating that the tension between them, uh, you know, uh, between the two countries have not, you know, resolved themselves. And Turkey's um, actions, uh, you know, working with Iran and against the U.S. are actually putting additional stress on the relationship between the U.S. and Iran, right? Because Turkey's siding with them. So there's a big, uh, you know, geopolitical risk here. And the de-escalation could actually, the de-escalation could actually place a significant pressure on our stock market and Again, pre-market data says that the stock market doesn't really care about what Turkey says, right? But it does because the industrial average opens uh, with an increase of 100 points since 2020. And the Dow is already up by, you know, what is it, like 3% now, right, guys? So in, in, in essence, the market doesn't really care about what Turkey is saying, but what they're doing is that they are working against us and specifically that of our allies. Remember how I told you guys that Pompeo, when he went to Greece, uh, you should listen to my actual, I think it was October 8th episode of 2019. Well, Athens, Greece, was tasked to send uh, uh, a bunch of anti-aircraft Patriot missiles. Uh, well, it's actually anti-aircraft missile system MIM-104 to the Saudis, right? So that's to help Riyadh with their anti-aircraft, you know, kind of 
protection, um, which means that because Greece has been tasked to give their stuff to lend it to the Saudis, the Greeks are not going to have it. So they've shipped that out now, um, and it's uh, left, you know, uh, a bit of um, an ex- it's exposed Greece a bit. Okay, so uh, both on the military side to defend themselves against Turkey that are very hostile, and uh, for their ability to use diplomacy because they're at a more, I would say, vulnerable position. Now this works two ways. The fact that they're working together with the United States and all the other allies and sending their defense systems to Saudi Arabia to support Saudi Arabia and weakening Greece at a time where Turkey is constantly, um, you know, um, aggressive. And at the same time, Turkey is also working hand in hand with Iran, right? We have to think, well, how's this going to work? out for Greece. I mean, if Turkey's not worried about them because they can't defend themselves, and what if they decide to just go fight, you know, and say, oh, well, we're taking your water, like it or not, here's a missile. You know, this is, this issue isn't just a political one, right? This is a military strategy. Think, you're leaving your ally exposed. Why? Because that leaves temptation, kind of like, here's the bait kind of thing. So right after, um, Uh, the conference that was held in Berlin, uh, the Greeks were trying to get back into like getting into the whole swing of things on a global scale in a very unorthodox way. um, You know, they're also acting more aggressively, you would say, on a global scale by providing forces like military forces um, uh, in regards to the U.S.-Iranian crisis. And so um, Tehran actually, um, I would say, so I would have to say that Tehran has actually uh, told Athens, Greece to be careful. So they've you know, the two capitals kind of chit-chatted and said, look, you need to step away from this and not send reinforcements to the Middle East, Greece. In the meantime, we have Erdogan targeting the Aegean Sea um, very aggressively and trying to take over their little islands. So um, allies are gathering together and even though Greece is trying to mimic and be more active in the regional alliances like with Cyprus and Egypt and Israel and Jordan, um, this is a really high risk move, okay? Because Greece uh, doesn't want to engage in military activities outside of the Mediterranean because that's not their territory, right? That's number one. Number two, by putting forward uh, military supplies and military persons out to the Middle East, that's a concern for them, too, because they've never done that in recent history. Ever since World War II, they've done nothing like that. I mean, they send people for exercises and stuff, but they've never gone to support another nation like they are for Saudi Arabia, for Israel, you know, so it's a little bit different. So now they're sending military aid. And here's where it gets super strange, okay? It gets really, really strange because... um, the external politics, you would say the foreign politics, are starting to bring questions up. 
You know, there is uh, an oath that, um, you know, uh, every uh, leader of a nation takes, and that's to sustain and maintain uh, the sovereignty of a nation and to make sure that that nation's interests are uh, carried out and put first. And that's something that's new. Right. That is something that's new that President Trump has brought on to the scene. Now, one would say, well, well, what do you mean? How's this playing in with Iran? Well, the fact that Turkey has now capitalized on the sanctions, meaning that they've created side deals with Iran. So they're making money off of Iran's sanctions. So they're making more money. Let's put it this way. And they're supporting the IRGC. So we have Turkey beefing up their relations with Iran, making money and capitalizing it because today, actually, the foreign minister of Iran was in Turkey discussing these things with in regards to how many investments the Bank of Iran is going to have and so on. So, you know, this is a big deal because Greece had always Greece now is being asked to participate in in uh, activities in the Middle East that they've never been asked to do before. I mean, Israel has, so is Egypt, and it's normal to them, but Greece has never. Uh, maybe they've done a few expeditions with, you know, the UN or NATO, but it was mostly like training expeditions or uh, recon. It was never like, let's, you know, send out weapons and do things. So, um, it seems like um, this uh, this move um, is because they're working with President Trump now. And that seems to be tearing apart from the way the EU likes to work. And the EU can't restrict Greece yet on who they work with. Uh, but um, Greece uh, is actually pro-Trump from how they're moving along and how pr- President Trump is promoting their interests in the region about, you know, Turkey and the Muslim Brotherhood and taking over their land and maritime territory. So now having Patriot missiles um, going air to surface, surface to surface, anti-aircraft systems, all which are part of the Greek um, air defense is now going straight to other nations to beef up their support. So we've got Hawks, Tours, and S-300s going out from Greece uh, to these other nations. So it's a, it's a really big deal that we saw this move. It's, it's a huge deal because, uh, like I said, Pompeo had a different type of talk. And even though there's an American NATO system which has been relying on the Greek military um, since about 2002, 2003 um, for staffing and preparedness because of Suda, right? Um, This is one of the biggest um, asks from Greece uh, ever. And so this is a uh, huge deal because now that Turkey has started to get very aggressive with um, the way uh, things are panning out with Iran and defying, in essence, President Trump, um, it seems to be uh, as if things are moving along a lot faster than you would expect in the Middle Eastern and Eastern Mediterranean region, which is literally on fire. Now, on that note, so Seb Borel, um, you know, said that um, the 
Iran deal from 2015 has to be saved no matter what. They are grasping at straws to save this uh, nuclear deal, supposedly, when it's dead. It's been dead. It's gone. It's never coming back. It's finished. Move along. Let's find another way. So that is where we're at with the European Union right now. They are trying to stop everything President Trump is doing. And here's a very good example, a tweet that Mark Meadows sent out uh, today, which is really important you hear before the end of the show about Sondland. They keep saying Sondland, Sondland, Sondland. We're, here's the witness with no evidence. Take a listen. Fine. Chairman Schiff ran out and gave a press conference and said he gets to impeach the president of the United States because of your testimony. And if you pull up CNN today, right now, their banner says Sondland ties Trump to withholding aid. Is that your testimony today, Mr. Ambassador Sondland? God bless. See you Monday.